In 2021, Talk About It Outdoors partnered with an industry-leading brand that has stamped its name on the outdoor industry. Cruiser Saddles in itself stands on perfection, and with every climb we make, we elevate ourselves above the rest. In addition to a support to our hunting journey, the men and women behind Cruiser believe in the same principles of life as us. Faith, family, and the blessings of being better as they go in every sit. If your desire to pursue your passions one step ahead of the rest, go ahead and get in the best. Check them out on all the socials or head over to their website at www.cruiser.com. That's C-R-U-Z-R.com. And tell them to talk about it outdoors, boys, and Chasing Weekends sent you their way. The journey of life has a unique way of being able to create tried and true friendships as we go. In forming those relationships, oftentimes good things come to follow. Talk About It Outdoors is proudly supported by Cal Hardy of Arrowhead Land Company. Cal is the leading broker over Georgia and is happy to assist you with finding the place where you can call home. With vast knowledge and an understanding of the ever-evolving real estate market and a unique old-school approach to everything he does, he exemplifies what it means to treat others like you'd want to be treated. Don't settle for being just another number in a phone. Choose Cal Hardy for all your land, home, and commercial real estate needs and become a part of his family. We sure are blessed to have him as a part of ours. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, or give him a call at 770-296-2163. Step back to the times when a feed store was more than just that, and the people inside smiled with friendly faces and provided a place for a talk on life, as well as all your essential farm, livestock, and pet needs. Cherokee Feed the Seed located in Ball Ground, Georgia, with an additional location in Gainesville, are the hometown supplier of all your cattle, equine, and pet needs, with the added addition of being able to keep your deer herd healthy with protein and minerals. They also carry an assortment of hunting blinds and gear, and you can rest easy knowing the people that support local ball clubs and children's sports are who your hard-earned money is going to. The people here greet you with a handshake and a smile, and Cherokee Feed and Seed give more than just a product. They give you a welcome that'll make you return time and time again. Stop in next time you're in the area and tell them you're part of the Talk About It Outdoors family. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. 
Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. You ever been riding down the road, seeing a piece of property that you couldn't live without, or maybe just wanted to sell your own land? Give our boy Cal Hardy with Whitetail Properties a call, 770-296-2163, day or night, or check him out on Facebook. Are you in need of forestry mulching, tree services, hauling, grading, and excavation in the southeast? Well, give our buddy Logan Severa a call with LRS Land Services. You can head over to Facebook, Instagram, and check out his work, or give him a call at 404-889-1105. Stop putting off clearing that back for you and give our boy a call. If you're in need of a processor this year, after you've made that great harvest on that giant buck you've been chasing, give North Georgia Deer Processing a call. Located at 1610 Arnold Spence Road in Ball Ground, Georgia, Tyler and his family are building something better than we could have ever dreamed to see them do, and we sure are proud to have them as a partner of ours. Give him a call at 770-883-9786 to take care of all your deer process. You ready, Nick? Let's do it, old son. All right, everybody, talk about it outdoors live from the Cruiser Saddle Studio. Nicholas Wilson, Alex DeBoard, sitting here with November and Illinois on our mind. We're going to kick this one off and talk about our pre-hunt trip and what we've got in store for what we hope happens this year in the Midwest. Y'all pull up a chair and set a while. This is going to be a short one. I went with a short one instead of it being a, a good one. <laughs> Change it up for a minute. That's fine, buddy. We uh, knock one out right here and shoot. We'll be we'll be done with our Illinois swing when this one drops. You'll do, yeah, we will. You'll be coming back. I'll already be back at work, madder than hell that that I'm not up there chasing bucks still. And I tell you, uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a more excited bunch of boys that's going with us than this year. Well, that's, that's a bunch of people. We've always said in the past, like, hey, there's a lot of guys going up, but they're, we keep adding to it, and y'all, y'all definitely are adding to it. Well, 22 last year, I believe, is what we had a count on of people from Cherokee County and scattered about, and it was pretty neat to see what it transitioned into this year because we were able to extend the invite to Tyler, who's on our team now, and, and Josh Underwood has been to Illinois before, but he's coming over to stay with us. And Chad Brunson, which is going to be an awesome story to get to talk about what we experienced with him and what his take on it was. And Chad's been on the show twice talking about the West, but for the first time ever, he's going to be coming right off his uh, 
Well, his first time whitetail experience in the Midwest. So it's gonna be different for him, ain't it? Yeah, he's never hunted out of a deer stand. Mm-hmm. He's never hunted anywhere close to what he's gonna see. It's really flat compared to what his his you know used to uh, the outdoors is. They're used to the mountains and everything else. Pretty sandy. He's probably gonna see more trees than he's ever seen in his life, as far as the hunting goes. He's been to Georgia. His, I think his one of his relatives, maybe his sister or someone, lives in Ackworth. Yeah, yeah. So, and he was going to come here, but we're picking him up in, in Nashville. And I don't know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see somebody that's, that's totally out of the element for anything we've ever done. I've never taken someone from the West, brought them to the East and been able to get them well, Midwest anyway, and get them on a deer. Well, for everybody listening to this, this is November 4th and we're getting ready to, you know, we're kind of going to hit us a few high points, what we think might happen, but, um, been a little bit of a rup report coming out from the Midwest and, some deer getting dropped as of late, and I, I had my first shooter finally show up on camera yesterday, which was November 3rd, and uh, it was actually in daylight hours, so I think he was nudging the buck off of there. I never, the, the camera never caught him. It was on a, I think, ever every minute, but it never caught it behind the does, so I don't know. What are you hearing for rut report? Same as same as it was what you're hearing. Our cameras have been going crazy. Of course, I hope by the time this drops, Caden's got him one knocked down. We've had 11 different bucks on those old Indian Tricks LLC uh, Rookham Juice. I mean, that was a scrape that was literally made in that spot in a transition zone between bedding and cover and uh, or bedding and food. And we literally put it there, and bucks started showing up that same night. So well, if he don't kill one right there, he's got his thumb in his – Well, I mean, a lot of the pictures have been at night. But we are starting to see them get closer to daylight or closer to before darkness hits. And seeing that kind of entices me to believe, we've seen quite a few does come through there, but it entices me to believe that, hey, it is getting closer to deer looking and seeking. I don't necessarily think the rut's in swing as of November 4th, but I sure as heck hope it's hitting about oh, November the 8th or 9th and that old magical day for me the last two years strikes again. Well, let's, let me ask you this. It's November 4th. It's... 72 degrees yeah 75 degrees at in georgia least, at least probably pretty close to the same where we hunt in illinois um cameras kind of went dark over the last few nights for most people that i've talked to it's a full moon it's on what two more nights it's a, a completely full yeah it was bright as all get out last night do you think the lack of movement on the cameras is caused by deer searching or deer not moving at certain times what do you, what do you feel about that i think the for my cameras it's because they're on just on food. Mm-hmm. I think the deer are not coming through. They've the, the the deer we got early on were moving through a little travel area that we had the camera on. They've eat the food that's right there. I think they've moved on to other food in a different area, and, and they don't have just one trail they come out into a field on. You know, we see those three, four, or five trails down a, a wood row or a fence line or whatever. And I think those deer are moving to to different areas, and they're just not showing up on camera. I had a, an absolute tank of a deer that I hope in two weeks we're talking about on the ground show up. First time I've seen him. And it kind of went through my mind, well, he's only passed through there checking does. That deer could have been walking right behind that camera the whole time. I mean, he mm-hmm. could have been moving in a different spot 20 yards to the, to behind the camera. So who knows what's going to happen. It's always fun to go. And I think that's the cool thing about cameras. If you really rely on them like we do, just to kind of give you an inventory, mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen over the next week. I mean, hell, the biggest buck of your life could walk out. Yeah, you know, I I was listening to another podcast the other day, and it was talking about deer traveling. And I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Mark Jury or somebody. <clears throat> and it said it, it doesn't matter what your cameras are doing that time of year. If you're if it's proof 
that those deer come through that area year after year after year, more than likely they're going to come back through that no matter what, whether that buck's been taken years past, there's going to be another one follow his steps, and that's just a travel path they use. Now, if they come in there and clear something out or make a, you know, one of my spots, basically, I'm anxious to see how it is because it got completely flattened this year. So I'm anxious to see how the deer move in a different direction. But if you constantly go back to that same place, I'm not getting near the deer this year on camera that I was last year, but I'm hopeful that they still use that area. And I know they will because it's a travel corridor for a doe bedding area and it's the bucks will come in there and look for them. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing for us, when we go to Illinois, you want to put yourself in a position to see any buck that's going to travel there. We don't have the luxury of owning a great big piece of property like a lot of people might we're hunting public ground we're hunting small lease tracks we're hunting areas that we really can't manage Mm -hmm. so you're gonna you're gonna maybe pull a buck from the neighboring property i don't care what shows up on camera up until Mm -hmm. october you know or whatever november whenever we go there i don't care what's showing up it's fun to see don't get me wrong get you excited man i'd like to hunt that area man i'd like to be over here but you literally could pull a deer overnight from one area to the next you've never seen on camera. And I want to be sitting there when he walks in front of that camera. So another report we got, you know, and I always base this off just for the years of experience going up is I talked to a guy this morning. He was just pulling into Paducah and he, he said he left his house here in Georgia at three thirty. I said, how many deer you seen on the side of the road? He said seven. I said, well, they're probably not really pushing too hard yet. They're probably searching, probably fighting. We had, a, I had a report, earlier from a guy that was hunting central um to northern illinois and basically the same thing he saw some he saw some fighting and stuff like that but i don't know man it's going to be good for the next few few days and week ahead of us i hope i think your more mature bucks are probably already on does right now your your big mature deer probably either already locked down with their first does they're catching those first ones Mm -hmm. they're they're always do and so that's kind of the thought that I go into it with. Well, I want to kill a, a, the biggest buck I, that I can get on. But at the same time, I think your two and a half, three and a half, four and a half year old deer are probably going to be the ones that are going into the phase that you and I will be there over the next two weeks. Uh, and we both don't care if we shoot a two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, whatever. I, I, there's, there's different levels of what we're going to shoot right out of the gate or whatever. And so that's for, for me, I want to go into it thinking that i'm going to kill the biggest buck ever but if i pick and i've said this all along if i pick my bow up off the bow hanger and a buck's coming in i'm shooting that buck Mm -hmm. i I just i i can generally tell now hopefully i get surprised that he's bigger than what he is and i'm picking it up then but if i ever pick it up i'm pretty much committed hell i'm gonna shoot this one and i guess he ground shrinks i can deal with it (laughs) i bet more times than not when somebody says whether they pick a bow or a gun up off the hanger and shoot that deer that when they first shot it, it was bigger when they shot it than when they got to it. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. And, and and I oftentimes I don't I don't I've made the mistake of picking up my bow too fast and not shoot a deer. And I've said this time and time again. That's when I screw up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I screw up and let a good deer get gone. I screw up in the sense I start questioning whether I want to shoot that deer or not. And that's when I miss. I I, I will be the first to admit. You saw it right right out of the gate last year opening weekend. I had that nice eight-pointer come in. I ain't shooting that deer. And then I sat there for a few minutes. Well, I think I will go ahead and shoot it. Well, then I miss or hit him high. Yeah. I think making that mistake for me 
We've always it's almost said, like it's not it's not meant to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you already not thought meant. about it too long. Yep. If I ever think about it, I'm uh oh, I'm screwed yeah. up. But when I see that deer and I say I'm gonna kill that deer, I can pretty much hone in on it. I'm picking out a spot. I'm not worrying about what it is anymore. If I'm gonna kill him or I'm gonna try to shoot at him, I'm picking a spot. I'm watching him go to that. And generally, you know, in years past, I've been able to get it done. So hopefully, we can make it happen again. It is gonna be neat to see what. Um, camps like for us this Mm -hmm. year this will be the best camp that i've had in the midwest ever i mean not to say or take anything away from what cody and i've done in the past it's been just he and i in camp it's been him me and caden in camp it's been me him josh and caden in camp this year we'll have a total of six people there for the entire week and seven for a few days there um josh underwood former former uh co-worker of mine and, and longtime friend he's a big supporter of the show listens to every episode he's going up he spent time in illinois hunting with another friend of ours dj and he's not hunting with him this year he's coming over to hunt with us on public ground then you got tyler moore tyler's first time in the midwest i bet they ain't gonna be a hundred inch eight pointer walk by him without I, getting I, shot what do you think him boys gonna shoot Oh God! I, well, I honestly believe that either one of them will shoot the first deer that comes by them. If it's a decent buck, rack buck, Shad, they ain't no he. He's up in the air. Who's going up there? You think just to shoot deer, does whatever? Who's going back to buy another doe tag? Ooh, <laughs> yikes! I don't think Shad will shoot a doe out of the gate. I think he'll try to get a buck first. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if. Do you got somebody in mind that you think? I, I don't know Josh too well, but I. I don't know. I feel like I know Josh Townsend's gonna shoot whatever. Oh yeah, J- JT's <laughs> yeah. he's hammering, he's pinching on yeah, one. Whatever. As soon as it, if it's a good buck, yeah. he's gonna shoot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think that I, I tell you what, I would like to see happen, and he's not here, so I can talk crap about him. I'd love to see Cody kill a deer. I'd like to see him get on a good one, but I would like to see him do it early, and then he has to just struggle around with me all week. And and whether I kill one or not, I want him to because I've I've followed that Joker around in the woods. Him and Caden both watching them you know and filming them and it's fun i enjoy it i I really enjoyed that last year with caden as much as i did killing my deer i mean i I loved getting to spend time with him and kind of develop his mindset on the woods and i felt like i was able to teach him things because he's he's talking more along the lines of not just to set it 20 yards and shoot one over a pile of corn hunter now. He's ranging different things, and he understands how to hunt a little bit better. So hopefully what we learned last year in failure We'll teach him some success this year. I hope Cody Watson gets him one too, but be prepared. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> YouTube, Here we podcast. Go. Y'all just be ready because he is going to be the Mark Jury of Talk About It Outdoors when he drops that deer. Oh. We're going to know everything and anything about how rattling works. How the deer I, yeah, God, God forbid if he rattles one in, I'll never hear the end of that. No, no, or just get your you notebooks out. If Cody, if, if y'all see one posted on Instagram or something, get your notebooks ready. It's he'll have the, he'll have it he'll have the science figured out. <laughs> well, I went by the doctor the other day and he he did an X ray on me and it's still there. So you think so? Yeah, yeah, it's still there. It may bounce out on the way to Illinois on that rough road on the way up, but it's it's still lodged deep. So. Well, I think we go up there to... Um, Sorry, dog said you weren't going to answer the phone. Now you're going to answer because you're not going to be there. <laughs> we, uh, we're we all going to go up there with anticipation of all killing a buck. And, you know, some of us may score. All of us may score. None of us may score. But um, we definitely need to go up there for the right reason, have a good time, be safe. And that goes along with everybody else that's hunting too because the good thing about us in Georgia, we can catch that rut up there in the Midwest, then we can come back home and catch our rut. And that's what's nice for us too. So 
Um, I haven't seen nothing or no sign of rutting activity here at home. No, um, I saw, I saw, I did see a few bucks, a few small bucks um, on the side of the road dead, but I'm sure they're just little bucks getting getting active. You know how they do. But all of my big, I've got two big shooters that that are two deer that I would shoot. I won't say they're giants right here at home. And neither one of them have exuded any kind of chasing activity. And the big one I've actually been chasing here at the house, he's been he's been back the last two nights pretty consistently. But there's does in the area, and I think he may be starting to check. Scrapes like crazy, rub new rub trees like crazy up and down the sides of trails and things like that, which, God, that makes me so mad. You ride a dog on four-wheeler through there, through there, through there. Then you come through, well, there's a big old rub right on the side of the road. Why? Why do, why do you think deer do that? Past, path of least resistance, I guess. I saw Josh Bomar went in and with a leaf blower. And I saw that. Blew those leaves out. Did you see the video he posted after that where uh-uh. the deer was walking that trail? Uh-uh. It, it literally was walking that trail that he was walking in on. So I don't think I would have done it because he said on that video that he was going to go back in there the next morning. I well, like, I mean, I'm not going to light my truck on fire in a CRP field either. I mean, but <laughs> I, n- nothing against Josh. I don't got any complaints with him. He hammers on some giant deer and whether or not he does it for likes or whatever, but it, it, that was a very interesting concept. And I've heard of clearing trails and things to get to the stand. It makes for good, funny content. Boy, they, they pick on him online hard, son. They are on him. Big time. But I guarantee you that results speak for itself, whether he's Killing them in, in Iowa or Illinois or out west. He, he's a good shot. And that, do you see that Joker shooting in his truck? Mm-mm. The target on the back. He set the target on the toolbox in front of the back glass. He said it, it creates a high stress shot. And that's why he practices. <laughs> I would say so. I ain't doing that. Mm-mm. Promise me when you guys get up there in that camp, y'all set up some GoPros and get some footage. Um, we may not be able to use all the audio on there, but. Definitely going to to record, and um, I've done more filming this year. I've already been filming here at the studio, prep work and things, just talking about what I wanted to see to put together more of the story, not just a ride up there. I want to film us loading up and that struggle. And I think the biggest thing is going to be camp. It's going to get back to what I grew up on, you know, eating at camp with a big group, being able to talk and BS, have a few beers, sit around. Poor old Shad, he's probably going to go home with ears of burning, son. There ain't no telling what he's going to be experiencing. What's, what's y'all's camps like when y'all get up there? Do everybody take a turn cooking dinner each night? or how's No, that work? I, cook, I cook every night. I, want, I like to cook. Um, Cody will help me cook the night we do salmon patties and, and deer meat. Um, he usually, he's good at making gravy. I'll give him that. He can make gravy better than me. I've never been that good at it. So I'll fry it and he'll make the gravy. I'm, we, he said, we're going to have to have a trailer to haul all my cooking supplies. Cause I needed two cast iron pans to take. I'll be honest with you. Just looking at the stuff you guys got out there for one truck and four guys, it's going to be a, it's going to be a handful. <laughs> I don't know how much sheds I'm, I, I'd imagine sheds probably packing pretty light since he's flying. I think um, he said he's got a backpack, a, uh, a little bag of with his clothes and his, raven case which that raven case ain't small no lord no so i mean me and brandon's pretty tight for just two people now i got you know my my truck's got the shorter bed and the toolbox in it so it kind of keeps us from doing that but i tell you man i was telling brandon this other day is this is this is gonna be my first time and i know anybody listening to this probably hears people talking about going to the midwest hey there's no there's no place for climbers and stuff like that up there but you know from time to time you can find a tree that you can climb but this will be my first time ever not taking a climber with me since I have that saddle now. I've got so used to that thing. I've 
I've not even broke. I'm not even took my climber out of my basement this year. So I'm looking forward to that and looking forward to moving on them. I thought Brock, uh, our buddy up there last night, and he, uh, <laughs> I said, "What are you doing?" He saw a decent eight pointer, and um, he said, "I just got back to the truck, and got a tangled up mess." I said, what happened? He said, well, I had these sticks, and he's got rope mods on the sticks that he had got. Somebody had actually, I think, gave him those sticks or whatever, and they had the rope mods on them. And I've got Matt over at Vital Ground making him some some daisy chains, but don't think they're going to make it here for this trip, unfortunately. I know Matt's been pretty backed up. But he said, I can't wait to get this new stuff. He said, because this sucks. He said, I had ropes and stuff tangled up around everything trying to get it out, which I feel very confident in my pack setup after mm-hmm. that little trip we made up there and the few times I've hunted around here in it, I feel pretty confident in me being able to go in quickly and quietly and get set up and I can break it down pretty fast. I noticed that the other day I came out and within, you know, us filming well, camera light kind of, kind of gets, gets us a little sooner out of the mm-hmm. tree. Yeah. I feel like, and so I'm getting down a little bit sooner, but I timed it the other day and I was able to pack up about 15 minutes and that's everything back on my bag and i bought that jacked gear uh sling mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm anxious to try it i tried that t and k it was just too much for me it did it, it covered the string up and everything it was nice don't get me wrong but it was too much trying to strap it and it's heavy and i, I just don't it's not going to work for what i want to do so i was running and even on that youtube video i said that i was running two different backpacks one for a lock on and one for a one for a saddle set and um when I did that, one time when I went to get in my lock-on set, I had forgotten a, um, I'd forgotten my flashlight in my other pack. Mm. I should have had one in each one. But what I did is end up end up converting everything to one pack, and it and it and it it's a little heavier probably with the pack that I switched to, but it's working out good now. Um, well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say you were talking about packs. That's something that I've been able to do is get my sticks on the side of my, my bag where I don't have to worry about swapping packs. Before, I would have my sticks strapped on my stand. I would have swapped it around having those sticks on the side and having my camera arm on the bottom. i tell you, that that pack that I've gotten where I've got it set up with everything, I can literally take my platform off and set it on my lock-on and carry it if I want to use my lock-on. If I want to use my saddle, I just take it off my, my stand and put it. I would love to – there's things I would change, and I wish I had the mindset and the ability to sew a pack because there's things I would change and make it where a camera guy, you know, like we're trying to sell film, a camera guy would need these certain things where some others may not. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's kind of neat to maybe make an adaptable pack where you've got molly straps on there where you can add stick holders, you can add a camera holder, or you could take that off and, and make a front pouch or a, a top pouch. Or, you know, maybe make it where you can adapt it more. I don't think backpacks are very adaptable, not the ones that we use anyway. No, but you can also like because most backpack now they do have molly clips and i took on the backpack i have that i'm currently using it had two molly clips or four molly clips underneath and i had bought some um straps and i bought some buckles and i actually made my own stuff and sewed it myself so yeah. i bought it off amazon i had probably had 15 bucks and everything and i started sewing me straps on the bottom mm-hmm. so i now my backpack looks like this on the bottom of it i strapped my sticks on the front side of it it already had two clips so I put my platform there, so it, neither one of them touch, so they don't cling when mm-hmm. I walk around. And then, of course, that lone wolf pocket arm—it it collapses pretty good. Heck, if it wasn't for that fluid head, I could put that thing in my back pocket. Oh yeah, yeah. But the fluid head's the biggest part of it. But 
I, I don't don't let anything you know don't let a backpack deter you from you know buying a fifteen dollars uh, bag of straps and sewing something because listen my sewing looks like crap but it ain't fell apart yet yeah and I think that's the key thing for adapting and I've grabbed grabbed a bunch of that stretchy uh, spandex like cord and got on there to hook on certain things and that's what I love about that that lone wolf custom gear bag is i it's got little sewn eye loops that i can put on and i can strap everything to it i tell you i after spending that weekend in the midwest hunting out of that saddle i i love it and, and knee pad knee that pad i've got plus. on the tree you know i love that um i don't oh, you talking about the pad yeah, yeah the knee pads. I've, I've got you you like the wear i don't like wearing pads on my legs i just they don't fit they don't work right for me I think why. if I got well, because my legs probably look like this microphone stand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the 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 knee pad from Cruiser that just straps to the tree, it actually goes in my bag very smooth. I can use it like a backrest kind of on my backpack, and it goes in good. And there's just so many different ways you can adapt that backpack or your carrying system. And a lot of people they'll just try to throw it together over the weekend. It don't work like that. You need to practice. Oh, no, you got to practice. You got to move things around and try different things. Like I was wearing my knee pads to the stand, and I was they kept falling down. And and then I wonder why. <laughs> and then I get to the stand. So what I do now is I just leave them on my backpack when I get to the stand. Usually I try to put them on before I climb, but if not, I'll put them on up there. Just. Um, but I tell you something else. I started doing now. I bought the two people's doing doing two different things with them knee pads. My legs are kind of big, so on the bottom, I bought these rubber um, knee pads, so it's got a top and a bottom hookup. So I just hooked the top up because my legs are so big that it was like almost like cutting the circulation, circulation off yeah. back there. So I his undid calves the bottom. Are bigger than his thighs, so. <laughs> <laughs> cutting them off there. But um, to me, that's a must. And that back, that back support, man. If you're for a long sit, oh my god, you get that thing on there and strap it up and. Now, don't get me wrong. You, you. If a buck's coming in quick chasing the doe, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to undo it. That's why, to me, you gotta make sure you keep that cam, that buckle on the correct side, your dominant hand side, so you can undo it real quick. But yeah, that's that's the. Um, how do you? Which side of the tree? If you're facing the tree in the saddle, I'm left-handed. You're right-handed. Which side of the tree are you putting the camera on to film the camera uh, arm? Which side are you canting I, it to to film with? I put it on my right side. Okay. I put it on my right side and I put it at. It's about waist level, and then I put my backpack at like almost like neck level. I put my backpack right there on the right side of the camera, and then that allows my bow to hang right at right at arm's reach, right there next to the tree. So you're you're filming with your strong hand, which is the hand you would draw the bow with. Correct. So you're holding your bow in your left hand. You've got your filming hand. All right. So I've started putting my camera arm on the right side which is totally backwards to what mm-hmm. you would think I would need to do because I found I can't, my weak side is my left side. I can't go far enough away around that tree to get a shot off. If I needed to get a shot off on the, the left side of the tree directly to the, to the left side of it facing the tree. I don't know if I painted that picture, right? So what I've started doing is filming around the front of the tree with my right hand, having that camera set there so I could go around that side if I needed to. But what I found myself doing now, as opposed to a lock on, I would set with my lock on facing whatever area I thought the deer were coming from. Hardly ever did it work like that. They'd usually come the wrong way. But what I'm doing is hanging my saddle where my strong, my strongest probability for a shot in my mind is to my right. 
so I can shoot around that and I've got the camera and everything on that side close to the tree. So it's it's a the adaptive nature. You got to figure out how you want to set that up to be successful and the saddle you have to figure out how you want to set that up versus because we've been so used to hunting out of a lock on or a climber facing away from the tree. Yeah. Now you're setting up completely different. Try to give a scenario the best I can, but if if I if I got a deer trail let's say I'm setting it in the middle of a clock. I try to set my deer trail up on usually nine o'clock and I can shoot better from 12 to six o'clock from six o'clock to 12. I can shoot better than I can from let's say 12 to 12 to three is basically almost a blank for me. So I'm, I'm better from three to 12. Yeah. No, that's, well, that's direct backwards for me, but I put it right. I try to put the trail off my left shoulder okay. when I'm thinking, that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Cause you want to shoot across your body to your strong shot. Yeah. Where me, I'm shooting the trail to my right side. Cause that's my strong shot. So you're probably stronger from 12 to uh, nine. 12 to 12 to, you know, I would say not even nine. Cause that's completely by 12 to five is a, is a dead deer. Yeah. Uh, Six to nine is probably a good shot. That nine to twelve back around is is my hardest shot because I'm gonna have to completely face the other way. So I'm gonna try to put a thicket to that side of it. But the benefit is we've got some lock ons hanging in places and I won't use I won't use my saddle as much as unless I need to go and jump and go. And I'm gonna wear my safety harness. I actually talked talked about taking my saddle and using that for my safety harness as opposed to having my harness on, mm-hmm. which I still might do, but I don't know. I haven't decided exactly how I'm going to set up yet. I, I'm not worried about, and, and this is November the 4th. We're leaving tonight, so this will be way after. We'll be already yeah. home before this drops. But it, it, it's going to be very interesting to get there because we've always hunted Saturday afternoon. The weather's not going to be fit to hunt don't tomorrow. Like um, maybe go in and hang a set. Hopefully we catch a break in the rain. We can go get Shad's set hung. Maybe Caden goes and gets his set hung. We're already in and ready there. Cody can go hang his set. We're already ready to go hunting on Sunday. I hope that's the case. I actually wasn't going to fix anything to eat Saturday because it was going to be in a rush, and I called Cody today, and I said, hey, I'm going to cook supper tomorrow night. I'm going to plan to have something. That way we're at the house. We're hanging out. We can go ahead and cook. But Sunday it looks like it's going to be our – our main day, which will give us six days. My God, you hunt six solid days. Yeah. I'm, I'm Especially done. Especially with this time changing. Yes. yes. Time change is hard because you got to get up an hour earlier now. We'll be getting up at three. Well, I don't know what time them boys are going to get up. <laughs> Alex is going to be up <laughs> they at 3.30. They're going to be up at 3.33 then. <laughs> um, be up clanging around and making racket. Let's talk about wind real quick because the wind's going to change a pretty good bit for you guys there. Does that does that go into factor or do you just kind of put wind out the no, I, I'm going to play the wind, and fortunately for me, I'm going to get to hunt a little bit different property than I've normally hunted there, so I've got some options. And having wind direction in our favor this time of year, I've never really paid a whole lot of attention to it because I couldn't. I only had one or two spots. I might have a south wind spot, might have a north wind spot, so I haven't had to play that wind that much. This year, a little bit different for me. I'm going to be able to play the wind. I can go here. I can go there. I don't think it's going to be um, as big a factor as it is two weeks ago, you mm-hmm. know, because those deer, if they're chasing a doe, they don't care what direction they come from. They're not looking at it as a threat. I do think those does are looking, though, ahead, and you got to watch for them, especially if they're traveling back. 
if they're coming from food to bed and they're catching your wind, they ain't coming to you. Mm-hmm. But if they're running one, which whew, that terrorizes my night. That's my biggest nightmare is having a buck of, you know, I won't say world record proportions, but of, you know, lifetime deer come running a doe through and not get a shot at it. That, that, that tortures my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it, it haunts me. It I've does. It, because it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, you could drop a truck in front of him. He's not going to stop. Nope. nope. You it can has, yell. You can holler. holler. Yeah, whatever yeah. you want to do. There's no stopping him. And that that That's why they wind up on the interstate's dead. On the interstate dead, or they wind up on the neighbor's property where they've never been before. And so, I don't know. It's a it's a very well, interesting thing. Does, does there, is there just like a certain wind? Like, I'll say this, east wind. I, I do not like an east wind. I'll hunt it because we're there. Mm-hmm. But I just do not, and I don't feel like deer move as well in the east wind. Uh, I don't know that I've ever noticed deer not moving on a, on a certain wind. I've never paid that much attention to it. It's just m- maybe my own ignorance on that. But I do know that a south wind is good for a lot of my spots. Yeah, uh, A north wind is going to be hard for a lot of spots. Anything west is going to be okay. Um, and I can move around and kind of change with the wind, but I think the primary wind, most of the primary wind is either Southwest or Northwest. Mm -hmm. And I think when a, when a, when a wind direction changes, it's just my theory, this is not facts, (laughs) but when a wind direction changes, the, the, the wildlife knows something's happening. Yes. They're going to chase a deer. It doesn't matter. They're going to run it by you, but I do think it halts them a little bit on how they move when there's an east wind, because that's not their primary bedding spot. They don't know what to do. I feel like if, I don't know, if something happened at your house where something changed and it was, you know, somebody started coming there moving stuff or something, you'd notice a difference and you'd be like, "Uh, I don't know what to do now, you know? So I think that kind of puts deer on edge at times. I think there's, and I've, I've been thinking about this a lot here lately, and I don't know that we've ever talked about it on, on the show. There are certain things you can, based on scientific fact and uh, a trial and error by a lot of people. Wind direction and hunting the wind the right way is a proven fact. Mm-hmm. It it will work, okay? If you hunt the wind the right way, more than likely you're going to be successful on a target buck if he comes through there. You can also take into account the moon. The moon does play some form of an effect on it. We've heard certain theories where it doesn't. We've heard certain theories when it does. I get both sides of it. Okay, we'll put the the moon in a category that it does change. Rutting activity. All right, rutting activity is going to happen in November. We know we're going to see deer chasing in November. That's a fact. Does are going to come in heat, whether you see a bunch of does in heat. But there's also three things that I think for our hunting style, you can't take in, you you can throw out the window that it's going to happen and you cannot account for it. That's predators. You're going to have a coyote jump a deer out of its bed. You're going to have a bobcat come in and jump its deer out of a bed. Okay, you can't factor that. You can never account for that. Other hunters hunting public land, that other hunter may be in there scouting around, which is something we've talked about before. Wrote an article on it called Find the Escape. Those people jumping them up, those deer going to an escape path. That is something you can't take into account that's going to happen. Yep. And I like I like it. People's like, oh, I hate having a bunch of pressure. Why? It's getting deer up and moving. Yeah, mm-hmm. they may not move to you, 
but you have a better chance of a target buck that's bedded in a thicket and somebody that's never been to the area ignorantly walks into a thicket and jumps that buck out of it. Well, he heads right to his secondary bedding. Well, guess who's sitting there? There's Alex sitting there with his bow in hand. He runs by and you get a shot on him. So those two things mainly are big to me, predators and other people. Now, there's something else that I've been thinking about a lot here lately that I think is, I don't know that it applies to everyone, but it's the the patience thing that we talk about a lot. We in the South just don't hunt midday. We we don't. I mean, we it's not something. There are certain guys that do. Don't get me wrong, but you talk to these big buck hammers, the guys that consistently kill deer. You need to be prepared to sit all day if you can. And I think middle of the week, or if we catch a day where I'm seeing deer at ten, eleven o'clock, I'm going to be prepared to sit in that tree, especially if I'm in timber. Mm-hmm. If I'm on a field edge, probably not. I'm, I don't. I hate sitting on the edge of a field because I can see so far. And but if I'm in the timber on a travel route. Yeah, I'm gonna be setting as much as I can. And yeah. all day sets kill you though. <laughs> yeah, and I think some people um misunderstand all day sets too, because that don't mean you don't have to go out there and sit in the same tree from daylight to dark if you don't want to. But pick and choose wisely where those deer might be at during midday. Get close to that bedding area where that buck might get up and feed for a few hours or check some does. If you and, and I done this last year and it really breaks up the day. Hunt a, hunt, a, hunt a morning spot, get down, drive to your next spot, and go get in there. You know, you've stretched your legs. You're ready to get back up in there. You can hunt for a few hours. And what I did was I, I hunted from a daylight till usually 10 o'clock. And then I knew that I wanted to be in this certain spot between 12 and 2.30. So I went, stretched my legs, eat a sandwich, and went straight back in there. Mm-hmm. And then I hunted that spot until 4 o'clock. Well, Everybody knows hunts the Midwest, the deer are going to move down in them fields come dark. So I would get down and I'd go get in my spot towards dark. And 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 it was just kind of breaking up the day. I was in the woods. I would I would miss an hour, it's maybe for the full extension of the day, but I was bouncing around to different places. Now, if you're seeing deer all day, don't move. Yeah, no. If you're yeah, in yeah. a spot that deer move, don't get <laughs> yeah. down just because Nick said that was what <laughs> yeah, he was yeah, going to yeah, do. Don't, no, don't do that. Don't go move, but you know, break up the day and try something different and, and and see what happens. You know, if you've been sitting there six days in a row and you're still waiting on a target deer, go somewhere else. Yeah, if if it gets monotonous and I just I, I want to go back to the thought process that I've said all along. Find some other reason to go and and chase these adventures besides killing a deer, mm-hmm. you know, look at something beyond that because I, I really have this year. I, I I feel like that I've, I've taken the pressure off myself. I mean, I have been successful the last two years up there. I don't care if I kill a deer up there and people's like, well, you're crazy saying that I won't, don't get me wrong. I want to kill a deer. I want to go up there and kill the biggest deer of my life. I want to kill one bigger than everybody else. I would be sitting here lying and saying if I didn't, but I have other things that I've put into place. Caden being one of them. I went up there. We scouted that spot. I went into that spot with the thought process. I want him to kill a deer. I, and, and I do. Mm-hmm. I want Cody to be able to be successful on a deer. He's went two years just like you went several years without killing. I want him to be successful and take a deer. I'm not putting myself in a position to give up my hunting for that now. But once we get there and get set, I want Shad to be able to have a good trip. I want Josh and Tyler to have a good trip. I want everyone to be I just want to have a good trip. I mean, I don't care. I want this to be one of those trips we look back on and say, I remember back in 22, we went to Illinois. It was the best trip we ever had. It's the best trip I ever went on. Yeah. And I want it to be that. And I, it's going to be that for me. I'm yeah, going to I make get, it that. I get as much enjoyment when somebody else kills one and I get the phone call. 
Unless it's and, me. And don't and don't and don't beat yourself up if you go whether you go to South Georgia, North Georgia, West Virginia, wherever you go hunting at, and you don't feel a tag. Don't you know you're not don't make you a a bad hunter. Maybe it, you you made a you no, need to either change makes you a bad spot picker. <laughs> yeah, maybe you need to find a new spot or find a different location, look for a different sign or a, hunt a different wind or you know factor in anything else other than saying I'm just a bad hunter. I can't do I can't get it done. But do you think putting stress on yourself to to harvest a deer? Uh, almost makes you. I don't want to say a bad hunter, but it it makes you hunt more ignorantly. Maybe makes you not hunt as as smart or not enjoy it as much. Sometimes, and I'm I'm guilty of that because oh, I am too. I, I mean, weeks, you know, two weeks leading up to this right here. And for anybody listening to this, this will be dropped out when when I'm on the way home. Alex and them are back home, but I move my dates to weather. I have been watching the weather, son, like like uh jim cantori i mean i've been on top of it you know like what is this going to do what do i want to do and we just we pulled the trigger for a last minute decision and said hey we're not leaving on saturday hunting from saturday to saturday because this warm front let's move let's move it out to wednesday but yes i do i think it i think that gets i think that gets in our head the weather i think the wind shifting i think not seeing deer on camera nowadays that we're running camera we just get all that compiled up in our head or we're trying to think about Let's go hunt here. Let's go hunt there. Let's go hunt there. And then you get in a stand and you sit there two or three hours and you're like, well, I'm not seeing deer. I got to get over and move. I got to move over there. I got to move over there. You know, and we get that way because we're so, we just want, we want that immediate action right now. We want to kill a deer right now. And instead of just going up there hunting and I'm freaking guilty of it, dude. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why I asked the question because I have been in the past. I know, gosh, three or four years ago, I guess it was three years ago when we went up there right out of the gate, I was seeing deer and I was like, all right, here we go. We got one. Well, missed opportunity on deer coming behind me. Well, I saw two bucks chasing a Dover on the other side of the field. So what I do got down, ripped my set down right across that field. I went, went over there, didn't see nothing that evening. Well, here, I'm going to go back over here this morning. Up, oh, I see a buck up. Oh, well, let me run over here. You know, and I, and I bounced around so impatient about going places unfortunately that's just the nature of the game sometimes you get in and then last year i went into it with the mindset i'm gonna go in here and hunt that's all i'm gonna do and i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna wait and i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna wait well i didn't wait very long monday came around i killed one well i hope that's the same case this year whether or not it happens that way who knows but i can promise you one thing i'm gonna be sitting there waiting on a phone call from cody or caden or shad or somebody else I ain't gonna jump down right then and go running. I'm gonna enjoy my hunt, and and that's something we've talked about. Hey, we want to be there to experience it with you, but don't ruin your hunt to come here. We can talk at camp, mm-hmm. and we can make it happen. So you brought up something the other day, though, and this and, and um, this happened. This has been happening to me for years. But you asked me something the other day about Have you ever felt like you had too many spots to hunt? I think is how you said it. Yeah, and and it's almost like going to a restaurant. Like if you went to a restaurant and they had one thing on the menu, guess what you would get? That one, <laughs> one thing. thing yeah. yeah. But they got so many things and you don't know what you want to get. Well, you go to these spots and you hunt them year after year after year and you start developing, well, the deer's over here or the deer's over there. It's good to have options, but at the same time, you're back at camp going, crap, where should I go tonight? Where I, should... Instead ex- of just going to get in the woods. <laughs> I'm experiencing that this year probably as much as I ever have. And, and you know, thankfully I have that problem but I'm going to put that out of my head, and because I've been talking to my to my buddy, and and we've been kind of discussing, 
we've got a we've got a deer on camera and hopefully we're talking about this deer when i come back we we call him grandpa and he's a deer we've posted on our instagram people seen it he's got a big dagger on one side he's he's just an old deer he's, he ain't got no tail he's got a short nose got a trail camera video of him the other night though coyotes around him i don't know if he was hurt you know whether it was just a coincidence they were there at the same time I haven't had a picture or a video maybe one possibly i can't really tell it was off in the distance since that night i hope i go in there and he's there i hope and then we had this huge eight show up which would be bigger than any deer i've ever killed with a bow i mean he's well into the 50s probably with that long twos and big frame and 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 i don't know we'll see that boy over at talk about it outdoors he can't kill a real deer he's up there killing mental old deer yeah there you go <laughs> i gotta kill him blind they either got to be blind or, or got to have uh be jumped out of their bed or they got to be something yep. he just he just can't kill a good deer he's just gotta go after them old messed up deer rather be lucky as good any day well i hope you boys have a safe trip i hope you have a good trip i hope camp is everything and more i hope y'all got plenty of tailgate stories and um i don't know what else to say i don't either i know since 2000 and i was thinking about this when i was in here actually moving some deer heads around since 2012 um i have been calling you from the midwest Mm. this is coming up on 10 this will be 10 years i've been going to iowa or illinois um so 10-year anniversary of phone calls. I've called you. There's been a couple of years there where I haven't been able to call you, and and, and I wasn't successful, but be looking for that phone call because uh, when it comes in, son, it's going to be, if I call you. Somebody's calling. If I call you at 9 o'clock in the morning, go, yeah. ahead, and go ahead and put her in the Some, bank. There's so, something down. Somebody's calling. I have a feeling of that for sure. But. I'm going to say it now. Four bucks. Four, four bucks down this week. That's a good number, man. You can't go up there and expect for everybody to tag out. That's a. I don't think I don't. Four bucks hopefully, is a great everybody number. kills one. I hope they are. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying four. I think there's going to be four bucks killed this year, and I think that there's going to be at least two of those hunters will be personal best bucks. Woo. PB calling it now. November the fourth. Like fourth. I, I like four bucks. That's good. Four you out know. of seven hunters in in our camp. Um. Oh, you think four out of your seven? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I'm going. I'm going uh, above. I know. 50%. I know two that should kill. I know two that should kill with the amount of traffic that's been in there. We'll who, see who you call Caden, Caden? Shad, and Shad. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they're hunting within 300 yards of each other. Yeah, so. they should. Dude, and if Caden shoots and gets out of the stand, dude, I'm I'm gonna beat his butt if if, if I'm Shad, unless he's running deer towards me. Well, he's far enough. Like I've never seen the same deer on Caden's side that I've seen on Chad's side. But they walk in from two different directions. They do. Oh, they good. do. They don't that's go good. in the same way. Um, Caden has an approach that is very. It's pretty secretive how he's going to be able to slip in. Um, we've kind of plotted it out so he's got an easy path to get in there. Shad's got a hell of a walk. Shad's got the walk that I've taken the last two years in. He's going to have to – I hope he's got his – which he's probably in better shape than I am at 48 years old. I'm yeah, if he, walks, time in if the he walks some mountains out there, he's fine. Yeah. He'll and, probably run in there. Yeah, probably. I mean, it'll be an easy walk in for him. Um, I did get a call from a guy, and, and I don't know if he listens to the show or not. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, but a guy I met on public land last year in, in from Florida. 
He had my number. We'd text it back and forth. You know, I never talked to him since we left up there, but he texted me yesterday and asked where we're going up. So I hope those guys had a, had a safe trip up. Um, they're hunting a little bit different track. I told him we were already up there. Um, we've got a guy that's hunting in the area, and, and we do. we got a buddy of ours that's already up there that's sending reports, and um, hopefully when he when he hears this show, if he goes to listen to it, they've had success this year because they kind of got beat up last year pretty good up there. Y'all Now y'all taking Shad up there. This is the first time guy getting in the lock on. Y'all going to like practice at camp? You just going to go hang it to him to get on? I mean, He's I'm, climbed up a stand before, um, but I'm taking uh, those three hawk steps, no aiders. I've got an aider on the bottom. I'm not trusting him. They're double steps, so they'll be easy. We're strapping the lifeline in, and we're putting the lock on in. We're going to have him strapped all the way up. With him having no practice in, we're going to have sure a lifeline he, Did there. he buy a safety harness or did he buy No, him? Cody's taking him his safety harness. He's got a extra one? one. No. Uh, Oh. Well, he probably will give it to him. He, You know he don't like it now. He don't know how much he likes it. After I told him not to buy that one, he's not here to defend himself, so I'm going to beat him up on that. Mm. I don't know why I like that muddy one. Well, I told you to buy an HSS, but it didn't match, Nick. Mm. Got to match. I hope got to look got, good for the deer. <laughs> I got to look good for them, for them <laughs> sands on. Yeah. Uh-uh-uh. Well, it's going to be fun. My boys is going to do work. I got a feeling on it. I'm, I'm afraid Sunday we're going to be here cutting up deer meat. Next Sunday we're going to be here cutting up a lot of deer meat. I got doe tags to burn. I'm telling you, Jack, I'm shooting a doe. If I tag out on a buck early, I'm shooting a doe. Not Probably two does. Shoot them. Shoot I got to get some meat. Shoot them all. I plan on shooting some does too. I did. Get, I do got you a bag of jerky to take with you. I'll need that. I got, I got three different flavors. Did prime rib, did uh, original, and I did the jalapeno Cajun. Keep Brandon's hands out of that. Well, that's up to you. I'm giving it to you. You can do what you want with it. Yeah, I'll put that on my side of the. I'll make put that make sure Hank drinks the rest of my snops I left over at y'all's camp last year. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably already gone. <laughs> don't don't expect me to to drive that far though this year to come track one. No, no, we ain't tracking. Let them lay, boys. Let them lay. Learn hard, learn lesson there. Don't see them fall down. Eight hours. I like it. I like it. All right. Y'all be careful. You too. Good luck to you. We'll be talking soon. If you want to hear uh, anything about our trip, you got any questions about it, make sure you reach out. As before, we've said, and we've had a few people reach out that want to try saddles out. Uh, We do have all three sizes available on our team with the Cruiser Saddles. We do run the XC uh, series, which is a single panel on our, our saddles. If you're wanting to try a double panel, you'll have to find somebody else. But if you're interested in trying a cruiser saddle, make sure you reach out to us. Come up here to the studio. We'll set up a time with you where you can come and try it out. You can get in it. Um, cruiser does have a discount code with us. It's TAI. It gets you a discount on anything you buy from them. So um, if you want to buy a saddle and you're looking to get into it, make sure you use code TAI. Uh, check them out the element guys over there are laying them down hard there's so many people in the industry right now that are doing great things uh, and we're glad to see it um, we want to wish everyone a happy november and hopefully when we come back uh, from this trip it's with some great stories to tell so for everyone here at talk about it outdoors come back and be with us again when you can go over to apple and leave us a review if you don't care and subscribe to youtube be looking for those videos dropping 23 so we thank you for being here and remember smile as you go but don't forget Mount the members. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. 
Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project sports you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Are you in need of a decluttering barn or garage slap full of stuff you just don't need? Or is your construction site needing a dumpster? Give our buddy Tony at Georgia Junk and Dumpster Rental a call. With services ranging from junk removal to roll-offs, Georgia Junk is here to help with any and all removal needs. If it's time to get that parking spot back or the boat needs a place inside, Tony and his team can surely assist. Servicing Cherokee, Cobb, Bartow, and surrounding counties, give them a call at 404-406-3501 or check them out on Facebook at Georgia Junk. Clean up the yard in short order with Georgia Junk. 